Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. This is the 12th episode of the Sadness Town podcast, recorded Saturday, January 31st, 2015, at the Bathtub Republic in Washington, D.C. My guest on this episode is Ahmed Vallejos, a very funny comic who had a great playlist, and we recorded this episode in front of an awesome audience. I want to thank everyone who's come out uh, to the past few episodes, particularly at the Bathtub Republic. We've had some great crowds, and I really appreciate you guys coming to the shows. Um, I want to get into this one uh, without taking up too much of your time, but I do want to let you know that the next episode is going to be recorded live at the Triangle House, which is another house venue. It's right around the corner from Bathtub Republic, where I usually do it. Um, that one's going to be with Hillary Schofield, and this is a special episode where we'll only be talking about the Simple Plan album, uh, No Helmets, No Pads, Just Balls, which is a classic of early 2000s garbage, and uh, I think we're going to have a really good time uh, getting into that one. Um, so yeah, that's February 15th at Triangle House. Uh, stay tuned to the, uh, well, that doesn't make sense. Uh, just like me on Facebook. I'll be giving updates from there. Um, and you can get more details on that show that away. Uh, as well as on the website, as always, davidtwitey.com. If you want to email me, it's davidsadnesstown at gmail.com. Like the show on... I already said that. It doesn't matter. Let's just get into it. Here's me and Ahmed Vallejos. Hey guys, welcome to Sadness Town. How are you guys doing tonight? We are recording this live in front of a packed house here at the Bathtub Republic. Literally a house that has too many people in it. Uh, I've reached the moment of, in show business that I, every young boy dreams about. The day when your podcast outgrows your friend's basement. Uh, thank you for being here. My name is David Twidey. I'm your mayor. We'll be opening with the ceremonial reading of the Sadness Town Charter. <laughs> Item number one, this is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two, you were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being, and so was everybody else. Any pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three, at the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. So this opening song is called My Sacrifice. It's by a little uh, spiritual rock outfit called Creed. Uh, yeah, thank you. That was completely unwarranted. Uh, this is off their 2001 album, Weathered. This album received two stars from AllMusic.com, <laughs> who said of the band, they are a very serious band realizing the world is very serious. 
This song reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks, which is about as many modifiers as you can get in a Billboard chart. I chose this particular song, uh, and I'm not going to talk about it too long before bringing in my guest, because I know he has some stuff to say about it. This song was heavily featured in a, a video campaign done by WWE in the early 2000s uh, that was called WWE Desire. And there were a couple different videos. This one was featured most notably in a video package of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and... <laughs> There were others. You know what? I'm just going to introduce my guest, and we'll get into it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is a very funny man, uh, one of my favorite comics in the D.C. area. Please welcome Ahmed Vallejos. Yay! Thank you. Okay, so now it's getting to the quiet part. So, you know, the song is about to be over, right? Because they're doing the quiet version of the chorus, right? So... Like, he's going to do this, and then it's going to be done. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, you remember this video package, don't you, Ahmed? They had... It's funny that you remember the Stone Cold one, because the most famous Desire one was... Oh, I was wrong! Oh, my God! Here it comes again! When you got a hook like this, you got to do it at least nine times, or you don't even have a fucking rock and roll song. I would just like to mention that this was... It's all right. You'll hear the regular version again like two or three times. But yeah, so there were a few of these. Yeah. The one I remember is the one they had for Chris Benoit, which now is important. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't remember that one. That was, oh, yeah. oh no, that was an Our, uh, Our Lady Peace song, I think. Oh, maybe. They, they, found, uh, they found a Canadian band for him. But there were a couple of these. There was um, so his... Uh, they had one for Kurt Angle. Chris Benoit, uh, aptly nip <laughs> God, he, he was nicknamed the Canadian Crippler, and then what do you know? He murdered his family. Uh, like, he just seemed like the nicest fucking psychopath in the ring. But it's... <laughs> he but then. sure did. Uh... But there was there was one for so there was one for Triple H. There was one for Kurt Angle. Uh huh. Uh, the Triple H one was set to uh, "Beautiful Day" uh, by U2. U2, and that one was about uh, that was about him overcoming his quad injury, yeah. which he severely tore his quad while yeah. he was like hitting someone with a bat or something. <laughs> like it was, it wasn't like a good injury. It wasn't like he did something crazy. It's like he was running across the ring and he fell down, and then he was just out of the game for a year. Well, and there a was half. that there was that time Vince McMahon ran to the ring and tore both his quads <laughs> at the same time, which uh, is a a WWE record if you're if you're keeping score. Yeah, do it once. But so, uh, because I can't get enough of that crazy good hook, I uh, <laughs> also have the audio of the WWE Desire video with Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin. Just really, I would like to say the this Creed song was not on my playlist I, I submitted, but I did listen that's to that's that song a lot in high school. I was a Creed fan. 
you're hooked on standing behind that curtain every single night and going out there and busting your <laughs> for that. Like <laughs> bleeped ass. That's adorable. <laughs> it's well, Stone Cold time. This is like you need to look up this video when you get home, or if you're listening, just st- pause this and go on YouTube because it's amazing. Like, so the the Triple H one is like about him recovering from what was supposed to be a career-ending injury. Yeah, and um, it's so weird watching someone pump iron like full of sweat and toughness while U2 is playing in the background. Yeah, right. And they really don't have a lot of footage for that video package. It's like. It's like a bunch of, there's literally footage of him getting knee surgery set to you too. And then when the chorus hits, like that's during the verse, during the slow part, and then the chorus hits and it gets loud and then it just cuts to him like wailing people with a sledgehammer and shit. It's so weird. But this, like, this particular video, it's like, Stone Cold didn't even have like a miraculous recovery. So like no. he broke his neck one time, but that's just like a that's like a rite of passage in pro wrestling. It's just like if you don't have a shattered spine, then you're not even trying. Steve Austin, too long to get up, too long to fall down, and it's time for Steve Austin to move along and let someone else do this thing. Wait, what? Uh, someday he's gonna retire, and I think that's happened. Now he just podcasts from his ranch in Texas. That's real. It's he also real. has a TV show, like a weird, like physical challenge TV show, yeah. where he just invites people to his ranch and makes them fight each other on country music television. It's on like Survivor yeah. with Stone Cold. Moderating. You'll catch it in between reruns of Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah, that's all. That got a weird reaction. <laughs> They play hey, Dukes of Hazard on CMT. What do you want me to do about it? Leave Dukes of Hazard alone. They're doing their best. Uh, but yeah, so like this video is just like it's this inspirational song, and then Stone Cold just hitting people with a chair while they're <laughs> on the ground already. Like so it's like when you are with me. And it's like him like just beating the shit out of people who are already down. Like he's winning. And oh, uh, we the sacrifices as you call them. I wouldn't give none of them back to you because but, I loved them all. I love that part. Like, he loves like, all his sacrifices. Listen, I've had a lot of injuries, but it's all worth it because I, I'm a millionaire who just acted like a lunatic and poured beer on his head for ten years. And on the heads of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He poured beer on a lot of different heads. He flipped a lot of a lot of birds. a lot of middle birds. Yeah. A lot of middle birds, as we call them, where I come from. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you you uh, were into wrestling. You still you're still into wrestling. I like wrestling. Uh, when I was a teen, I was way fucking into wrestling. Like I watched it every week. The Rock was my dude. <laughs> I just he's, got in a fight with one of his fans on Twitter today. Why? Because The Rock posted. What did you do to The Rock? <laughs> the Rock posted. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, audience. Uh, that just reminds me of the Rock White Club Jean song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which was an amazing song in which White Club rapped and then the Rock just interjected, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He, got an, he got an F-E-A-T period just for doing that. Yeah. Um, but, I remember uh, that because they debuted the music video on SmackDown, the Rock show. How about that? <laughs> I'm lonely. <laughs> Uh, but, so, uh, like, The Rock posted, 
The Rock exists on Twitter solely to make people feel like yes. shit. Because, like, I'll be, like, still awake at four in the morning, and then The Rock posts, like, rise and grind, go get it. And then it's just, like... Yeah. And then it's just, like, a picture of him nude on a beach with the sun rising. I like that. Whenever, like, I wake up for work, and I check Twitter, and, like, three hours ago, he'll have posted, like, just finished the 10-mile run and now eating pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just his life. Yeah. He just wakes up super early and then eats eight pizzas. <laughs> I just dove, yeah, yeah. I just dove in, the, in the ocean and strangled a whale. What are you up to? Like, it's just, and I'm just like showering hashtag, for work. Hashtag Furious 7. Uh, hashtag Wake Up Call. He has a, by the way, The Rock has a show called Wake, wake up, up Call where he goes around telling people how to live their life. Yeah. It's a real thing. I haven't he seen just, it. He just yells at them until they're inspired. <laughs> yeah, he just does catchphrases like, "Listen, Jabroni, <laughs> you gotta overcome this one, meth habit." One time, hey, one time he called a guy Jabroni, and that guy lost twenty pounds. Yeah. It's the it's the new fad diet. Just have the Rock yell yeah. at you. It's the biggest calorie burner in the universe. But so he posted a tweet that was like a picture where he's like, I try not to make this face, but sometimes you're out of fucks to give. And it was like him like lifting, I don't know, like a house over his head. And he's like, like making this face where he's like gritting his teeth and stuff. And so I just wrote a reply like, lol, yeah, you look like shit in this picture. I don't support that tweet, The Rock, if you're listening. And then this guy, and then... (laughs) This guy like responded, he's like, fuck you, you're just jealous because The Rock wins more than you. And it's like, yeah, obviously. Like, he wins more than, uh, yeah. He the Rock looks, has scripted, won more scripted fucking, matches than you have, David Twice. Yeah, he sure has. That's always really funny to me when like they bill a wrestler as like 17 time WWE champ. It's like, yeah, I mean, they wrote that. Like, someone wrote that. For, uh, <laughs> That's like saying Bruce Willis has a kill count of like 285. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So Ahmed, what what year did you graduate high school? Uh, I graduated in 2003. Okay. Uh, so uh, you grew up in Northern Virginia. Yeah, I grew up in Alexandria. I went to. Uh, I grew up in Reston, and then moved to Alexandria, where I went to. West Potomac High School. All right. Go Wolverines. Sure. They were terrible at everything except theater. <laughs> they won state in theater. Like we have a we have a I haven't seen it lately, but we had a wall where we wrote like our nat- our championship seasons like every school yeah. does, I think. Except for all of us were like a band, 89. <laughs> like theater arts, 1999 it's to 2000. <laughs> Everyone knows what's up. Yeah. People we, come there, they're like, oh shit, look at those banners. Yeah. They know what's up. We better not fuck with this band. <laughs> we have, they're going to suce us right out of the we house. Had a, yeah. We had a great chorus department, uh-huh. Colonial Singers. Of course. <laughs> They j- I was just picturing uh, like uh, like Shenandoah like uh, echoing over the campus at all times. It was a it was a great. That's what town. growing up in Virginia is like, right? Yeah, just like lots of cotton fields, just Dixieland bands and uh, uh, people singing acapella versions of Oh Shenandoah. Um, 
What do you say we dive right into this? Oh, God, let's. Let's do it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, 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 ha, 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 this is Will Smith with Getting Jiggy With It. This is off his 1997 album, Big Willie Style. Uh, this album received four stars from AllMusic.com. Yeah, it's good. Twice as good as that Creed record. Uh, and uh, AllMusic.com said, sure, there's filler scattered all the way through the album. Disagree. It's all important. This song peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, and yeah, I remember my brother having this album. I remember my brother having the Men in Black soundtrack. Yes. I can hear the you. water tower. No, that's Wild Wild West. Yeah, Wild Wild West. That was years yeah. later. Yeah. We're going straight to the Wild Wild West. Yeah, that's what that shit was. Uh, Shout out to Stevie Wonder. But so this was uh, this was Will Smith. Uh, this was his first hip hop release as like a as mega movie star. Yes. Yeah. Before this, it was all DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah. And then he busted he was, out on his own. He was riding Jazzy Jeff's coattails for a while, if you ask me. Yeah. That DJ knew what was up. Yeah. This was the first album I ever bought. So I had man. I listened to this song and suddenly I loved rap music. Like rap music was my life after this song. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like his positive message. Yeah, he doesn't curse. Yeah. Like my, the, my first album choice ever was between Big Willie Style and The Love Movement by a Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> and I think I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, like. No one likes a tribe called Quest anymore. <laughs> but everyone looks back on this album and goes, you know what? Hey, Those were the days. This had Men in Black on it. This had Miami. How fucking weird would it be if he came out with another album now? Like, it would probably involve Jaden somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, what, like Jaden would do, uh, would do. Well, you would be F E A T shot on most of the songs. Oh, feature. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, what the fuck? Will I would have like one hook? Yeah. I'm very, I'm very obtuse. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember this song being everywhere. Like, this album has so everywhere. many successful singles off of it. Like, this, uh, like, um, other ones. Miami, Miami was off this one, yeah. <laughs> that was the first Spanish I ever learned. Bienvenido. <laughs> Ami, ami. Ami, ami. I knew that. I now know that Miami means Miami. <laughs> I learned that shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, uh, yeah, everyone I remember hearing this. this. Yeah, this my is mom like, loved this song. Sure. I mean. He just seems like such a nice He's boy. A, and, and in the video, they had those giant blue puffy coats. Right. Only Chelsea remembers the giant blue puffy coats. <laughs> Who could forget the giant blue puffy coats? That was the best time in rap because everyone just wore shiny coats all the time. <laughs> Bad Boy Entertainment, just shiny coats all the time. Mace, Puff Daddy. The Locks. They did not want to be in those coats. No, 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 no one likes it, but they had, uh, they had important sponsorship deals to fulfill. 
Yeah. Uh, the yeah. shiny coat lobby is very strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think the Cokes have actually bought out all the shiny <laughs> coat futures at this point. They get a dime every time one appears in a hip hop video. Yeah. Chris Christie came out in a shiny suit, and I was like, hey. <laughs> Holy I thought I told shit. you that we don't stop. Man. You know? <laughs> like, and then I voted for him. I couldn't. I couldn't not. Oh, I mean, for me to vote for him, it would have to be like the Eddie Murphy outfit from Raw. Like, if he shows up in a leather space suit, I think I we will can vote all agree Chris that if Christie. Chris Christie ever comes out in Eddie Murphy's Raw suit, we would kind of have to vote for him. Well, at it's that a point. grassroots <laughs> movement. Yeah. Of people who like that suit. There's a Facebook page and everything. Like, even if he had the same opener as Eddie Murphy does on that. Or am I thinking of Delirious? You, so, like, two people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just look up Eddie Murphy Delirious. Uh, and, uh, wow. Uh, just imagine if they had Jezebel in the 80s. Let's just keep moving. This is, uh, oh, man. These guys. <laughs> it's silence. I didn't yep. listen to anything in high school. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. <laughs> One person groans. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this band's first appearance on this podcast, actually. This is the Ataris with San Dimas oh, High School yeah. Football Rules. This is off their album, Blue Skies, Broken Hearts, Ellipses, Next 12 Exits, which came out in 1999. This received four stars uh, from allmusic.com, who didn't say anything interesting about the album itself, but they did describe the title, Blue Skies, Broken Hearts, Ellipses, Next 12 Exits, as possibly the most country-sounding record title in punk rock history. <laughs> I would dispute the punk rock label. Me too. Uh, man, yeah, I love this fucking band in uh, Dude, 10th I grade. I love it. My friends, my theater friends got me into, right, fucking, the phrase theater friends already. Got we me call into, them like, theater friends by Ajos. <laughs> they got me into all these emo bands like uh, the Ataris, the Get Up Kids, the Anniversaries. The Anniversaries? The Anniversaries. Man, that sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, it was just like, it was, uh, close, like, I grew up, when I was a kid, my brother and my cousins picked all the music, and so I grew up listening to, like, a lot of heavy metal. Yeah. Like Metallica, Iron Maiden, stuff like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so when they introduced me to this, I was like, oh, it's kind of Finally, like something that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. No, it was like, oh, cool, it's heavy, like heavy metal, but they're sad, like me. That's why I was... <laughs> That's why I was totally into, like, any sort of emo band that came out around that time. See, this whole album is so, like, calculatedly directed at awkward 10th graders, because the whole album oh, yeah. is like, you're dating a guy... Uh, who talks to you and shit, but fuck that guy. Like, uh, like <laughs> This song specifically yeah. is just like, he straight up says, hey, Whitney, calls her out by name, yeah. whoever this girl is, just straight up calling her out like, hey, break up with your boyfriend because I like you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and I got very nice uh, uh, frosted tips, and I think <laughs> I would 
I would treat you real nice. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so the album that I really got into was So Long Astoria, which uh, was was very yeah, sentimental. This, uh, like they, they, that was when they started getting uh, delusions of grandeur. They, like I saw this band live and I thought they were fucking amazing. Ooh. Uh, but like what? Where? Uh, at uh, the Quest in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ooh. The end. I in never got to see them. For some reason, I never went to concerts in high school. So the, my first concert ever was Metallica and Korn and Kid Rock. <laughs> there you go. And System of a Down. That sounds like the uh, and family. Power Man Five Thousand. That was Family <laughs> Values Tour, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Uh, Sad. Yeah, it was like Warp Tour for even worse bands. <laughs> Like, hey, we got Papa Roach in the same building as Lincoln Park. When are you going to see that again? <laughs> Hopefully never. <laughs> that's one of the signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> so, what what grade was this where you, where you started hitting this This shit? was like 10th, 11th grade at this point when mm -hmm. I started making my theater friends. <laughs> reference to them. Oh, my God, they're going to be in so many stories, and it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, my entire life in high school was just, it was ninth grade, which was not, being friends with anyone, and oh. then and then tenth grade where theater kids felt bad for me and invited me into their group. Theater kids felt bad for you. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> that's that's how low on the totem pole I was in high school. Like even the theater kids were like, oh, fine, you can join us. So did you like seek them out? Were you like doing? I did theater arts all four years of high school, uh -huh. and the second year is when people were like, that kid's sitting by himself. <laughs> And I <laughs> Man, that was, that was great. That was like a harmonized, aww. Yeah, everyone joined forces to feel bad for me. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was... That's, uh, what, that's in, what this show's yeah. all about. <laughs> no, yeah, and in 10th grade, they, uh, they tricked me into auditioning for a play, which was like probably the best thing for me, because I wanted to audition, but I was always too nervous and shy, so I didn't. And then one day after school, they were like, come hang out with us. And I was like, yay, friends. And so by hang out, they meant like watch them audition for the school musical. And so I did. And they all went up. And the musical director, which was also our theater teacher, was like, all right, Ahmed, now you come sing and audition. And I was like, oh, fuck, no, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. What was, what was the play you were auditioning for? Man of La Mancha. <laughs> all right. <laughs> And so sh the audition was singing, so I was like, I didn't have anything prepared, and everyone was egging me on. And I don't know why, to this day, but I started singing Happy Birthday, but, but not just regular Happy Birthday. I started singing the really breathy Marilyn Monroe version. <laughs> I even had Mr. President in there and everything. So they knew the reference I was making. Oh my God. <laughs> and then a bunch of newspaper men in the audience and like, ah, oh, this kid's gonna be a star. And they ran to a bank of payphones. And... While I was singing, I was accidentally over a grate and my dress flew up. <laughs> hey, Marilyn, it's your cousin. Uh, uh, Marvin, Marvin Monroe, which... Weirdly, that's the name of the psychiatrist from the early seasons of The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> you know that new thing you're looking to sing to the president? Well, listen to this. And that was how Ahmed joined the Time Theater troupe. Yeah. They, uh, I did not get called back. 
Okay. But then I made it in anyway. She, they, she knew that she wanted me in the play, I guess, because she saw what everyone else did. And, and just created an extra part for me, and I was in the musical, and then I uh, never stopped being in theater from then on. Right. But they uh, tricked me into auditioning, and then I weirdly became Marilyn Monroe, and uh, then it, that was that. It sounds like they rescued you from an even sadder high school oh, experience. Yeah. Like, oh, man. In that was like a nice thing for them to do. When I moved from Reston to Alexandria, it was such culture shock because... <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand that how stupid that's. <laughs> no, but in Reston, like I had so many like uh, cool Hispanic friends that like let me in because I was best friends with the coolest kid in their group, and we just pretended we were cousins, so I could be oh, in the group. Oh, cool! Yeah. And so I was like a cool urban kid for a while, and then I moved here, and the urban kids had no reason. You to were like an me urban at kid. All. You were into Will Smith. Yeah, like, you which is probably why they didn't like me. <laughs> when I moved, I was like, rap music, like Will Smith, yeah, fellows. Yeah, uh, Will Smith, uh, yeah, William Smith is a little bit too threatening for Alexandria. Uh, yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to go straight to the next one, because I know it ties in with this first one. We'll just do it. Yeah. The track is way louder than the other ones. It's punk rock, bro. This is Bad Religion with Supersonic. This is off their 2002 album, which received three stars from AllMusic.com. Uh, their album's called The Process of Belief. Uh, AllMusic.com said, possibly, or nope, not, that was the last one. Based on, on, on one or two listens to The Process of Belief, one would be tempted to call it The Process of Backsliding. Oh! Oh, oh my oh. God! Allmusic.com spitting hot fire. <laughs> uh, ain't nothing wrong with this fucking song. This album peaked at number 49 on the Billboard 200. Yeah, I still like this. Yeah, I still like Bad Religion. It's like the when they got my when my friends when my theater friends got me into like emo music. They also got me into like punk rock, like Bad Religion and shit like that. Rise Against. Oh so, god, yeah, yeah. And what they when they let me into the little punk rock circle is when we became really tight friends and we called ourselves the C team <laughs> because there was already an A team and we were not good enough to be the B team, <laughs> so we called ourselves the C team. My entire high school experience was just low self-esteem, depression with other people, <laughs> and then singing. <laughs> How, how many members did the C team have? We had six members. Oh wow, that's a big, that's a posse. That's like right. a, yeah, we rolled deep. We were the we were the cool kids. You gotta hunt year. down a cattle rustler with that many. Oh shit, that's a short song. Yeah, it's only like a minute twenty eight. Mm -hmm. It's punk rock. It's so short. That's yeah. what's so cool about it. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, they got me into like punk rock. It was me, Kevin, Andy, Justin, Matt, and another one. Oh, Sean. <laughs> Hey, man, listen, Sean, we've been drinking. We didn't mean to forget you. I did. You're special to us. Well, you're special to me. Ahmed thinks you're a piece of shit. He no. was telling, he's been talking about nothing but how much he hates you, Sean, for the past couple Sean, weeks. Sean, I hate you so much. It's Everyone frankly getting cool. annoying. I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> no, but it was like a... It was a 
the six of us were just like the weird, like <laughs> as weird as it got in theater class, we just decided to like form together and not really be friends with the outside people. So that was just, we were the weird kids in theater class. We just sat around with each other and listened to punk rock and made references to old Simpsons episodes. That was us. We were, God, we were the weirder of the weirder kids. <laughs> Fuck. It's all That's right. just hitting me right now. Ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I don't know. Like, it's, it's fucking high school. That just means that you're, you're like, listen, man, when everyone's insane, <laughs> you like, the weird ones are the sane ones or whatever. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was what Walt Whitman said. <laughs> we, yeah, we named ourselves actually after that Walt Whitman poem, The C-Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the C-Team, yeah. It started with, hey man, weird is just a word. <laughs> no, yeah, they, uh, they uh, took me to my first uh, punk concert, and by punk concert, I mean Warped Tour. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Get you some of that Billy Idol goodness or whatever. The... Oh, fuck Billy Idol. <laughs> wow, I don't appreciate that too much. I like that guy. I think he's great. Do you? Yeah. The eyeliners for life. Uh, I don't really. I like Billy Idol. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're flagging. Are we really? Is this, you're planning a flag on this one? I'm planning a hard flag. I've seen him live twice, thanks to Warped Tour. And <laughs> <laughs> that's weird that he's like a frequent returning he just guest. The American classic, yo. What? He just played the American classic, yo. yo. He was great, man. He shed some pounds. He's he's still got to go. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I mean, he's still able to walk. (laughs) Look, for me, it's Billy Joel or Bust. Yeah, you. I got applause here. So, so I'm not wrong. So you're going to Bonnaroo this year? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the weirdest fucking headliner they've ever had there. Billy Joel is like doing the main stage of Bonnaroo. It's like the weirdest. It's like a Billy Joel, Dead Mouse, and Mumford and Sons are the three. Which is the greatest mashup of all time. Yeah, like. Like, when you yeah. combine Mumford and Sons, Billy Joel, and Dead Mouse, that's like the E Street Band right there. You got, you got something cooking. I mean, like as far as as far as headliners go, I guess they're all better than Fish, who usually like headline one. It's like, oh no, Fish isn't doing Bonnaroo this year. Where am I gonna see him except any other outdoor concert? <laughs> <laughs> they just show up now. If you do enough shrooms, they will show up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they will appear. It's like uh, it's like the Candyman, except with fewer fewer bees, but still worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the Candyman, but worse. Candyman doesn't play with paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. He just fucking kills you with a hook. He's merciful like that. <laughs> And fish don't have hooks. My friend, my friend uh, Justin Colucci, is a very funny comic from Minneapolis, wrote a wrote an article, like a blog post, like uh, from Trey Anastasio that said, "Hey, we're quitting now. Sorry about all the fish." And like it was just uh, like, like this was just a practical joke. We never expected it to go this far. And he got like angry emails from fish fans. So the fans you don't want to fuck with are fish fans and the rock fans. <laughs> All right, this is a very, this is a major left turn right here. The time has come to be a lover from the Argentine. To stick my hair down with brilliant time and goggle heavily with Fine. This song is called Along Came Bialy. It's from the musical The Producers. 
This musical is based on the 1968 classic film uh, written by Mel Brooks and starring Zero Mostel and uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, this, the musical was released as a film in 2005. Roger Ebert gave it three stars, uh, and that's out of four, so it's more like 3.75 as far as the other stuff goes. Um, and he said, he said, it is a tribute to this film that it worked for me despite my personal history. What? <laughs> what does that mean? I'm, I just like taking stuff out of context. It, mean, it really just means that he liked the original movie a lot. But, uh, I like to think that it means that he had like a really bad experience with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah, this film starred uh, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane, and they also starred in the original Broadway yeah, and yeah, yeah, London yeah. runs of this uh, musical. Uh, this is Nathan Lane singing right now. This is a song about uh, a crooked producer who fucks old ladies. Yeah, for their money. Mm hmm Yeah. No, dude, I fucking, like, in He's high not school, even in it for the love, you know? <laughs> I, like, my mom raised me heavily on musicals, so I fucking love musicals. All of them. Yay, one person. Or two people. We got two musical lovers in the crowd. Shout out. And then watching uh, and clapping. No, and like... <laughs> We got a musical. Who likes musicals? Any musical? 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 Musicals in the building. Absolutely. Nah, like, like all me, like stage musicals, like Disney musicals. Like I would come home after school and just like in elementary school and just watch Little Mermaid, Goofy Movie, all of them. Like I can sing all the songs from all those musical classics. For sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, and like. Here's, for some reason, I got really obsessed with the producers. Like, I just thought it was hilarious. It's so funny, yeah. Like, my brother worked in a music store, and they got a preview of the producers, and he just put it on over the store PA one day. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious. And I, like, listened to it all the time. They released the book with the script, the notes. I bought it, listened to it all the time. And my senior year in high How school... How long of a period did this dominate your life for? <laughs> a, the producers itself, a solid two years. Okay, Jesus, hell. Yeah, man, that's... Like, it, here's how bad it got. Senior year, we had to take a trip to New York. And we got a list of music. We got a list of musicals and plays. We had to choose one of each to see. And this was my senior year, so I had a little bit of clout in theater class. And all I did, all I did was just go up to kids and be like, You fucking pick the producers! <laughs> you pick the producers or there's gonna be trouble! And so, that's how I got to see the producers on Broadway. <laughs> I saw Cats on Broadway with my family when I was like 9 or 10. Aside from that... Jellicoe Cats come out tonight! Uh, and then I also saw Camelot, but I'm not 100% sure whether that was a musical or not. It's a musical. It is a musical. Yeah, it's okay. a musical. I was pretty sure, but we I was like, it might have just been a regular play that regular people like. Uh, but no, I, I loved, I loved uh, the original version of this movie. Um, I hated it. Really? Yeah. Fucking Gene Wilder. Like, Gene Wilder's hilarious. he's ever been. Meh. What about Young Frankenstein? I like Young Frankenstein a lot too. I'm not gonna quibble Sister over Act. Mel Brooks movies. I like all Wait, of them. Wait, Sister Act. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Gene Wilder was in Sister Act? Are you thinking of Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Man, I love Gene Wilder and Ghosts. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I like Gene Wilder in The Color Purple. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a hard role to watch. Uh, 
when Danny Glover raped Gene Wilder in that movie? <laughs> Listen, I thought about whether or not to go for that, but then I'm I thought you did. I thought it was worth it. Cause what the fuck? What is not hilarious about Danny Glover raping Gene Wilder? This is the hill you chose to die on, and I appreciate it. Yeah, you it's know what? It's a good one. You know what? You can fuck yourself, bloggers. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I think that's a funny image. Oh man. Also, when the producers swept the Tonys. God, what a sentence. Uh, <laughs> I think, I forget who it was, but I think Brad Oscar, who was in the original Broadway run, won a Tony, and he went to my high school. So, like, the next day in theater class, our theater teacher, Miss McCormley, played the Tonys, and specifically him winning. It was like, he came from here. This could be any of you. <laughs> and it, it was not. <laughs> Don't put it past 10 so early. It could happen. You could win a Tony. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about, and then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, Ahmed. Well, Robin, Robin Williams has a Tony. Had, had. had a Tony, you fucks. What do you mean? No! Hey! All right, okay. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. This bears discussion. If someone had a Tony and now they're dead, do they still have that Tony? Yeah, yeah they still have that Tony. Yeah, that Tony is always... In a very nice spot of Robin Williams' uh, pyramid. Well, they didn't have it, they won it. They won that shit. They that is that it. is true, he did win it. You can't take that away from him. They didn't just hand it to him on a lark. I appreciate that you're engaged, but I'm sick of your quibbling. I'm just like trying to keep you on the straight path. Listen, just saying is... I just want alcohol with one I'm just doing the thing I shouldn't be doing right now. That's what just saying means. Listen, I'm going to alienate all of you before this is over. I don't give a fuck. We can just keep, keep singing music. I've got a bunch of these. Yeah. Who wants to just go straight into some, uh, some Aladdin? Too, fu yeah. Too fucking bad. We're Robin doing this Williams. now. <laughs> <laughs> If I had more than $12 in my bank account, I'd be throwing singles in the air right now. This is ludicrous with Southern Hospitality. This is off his 2002 album, uh, no, his 2000 album called Back for the First Time, which is a terrible title. Uh, he had to rename it, but he did. He did. I mean, that's that's what makes it so disappointing. Because initially, this was a mixtape called. Uh, oh, well, I will say it. I will say it. You know what? I'm just doubling down. It was initially titled Incognito, <laughs> which is the best name anything's ever had. Fucking nailed it. Uh, yeah, I, I love that name, uh, uh, Back for the First Time sucks as a name, but, uh, Ludacris is funny as fuck, uh, yeah. like, 
Like, I remember I found this album just on a lark because a friend of mine just came in with a bunch of CDs and was like, I'll burn you some CDs for $5. And I was like, awesome. So I just ended up buying this and Scarface's Back for the First Time. Uh, wait, and Scarface's what? Uh, no, sorry, not Back for the First Time. Last of a Dying Breed. Okay. Which, if anyone in here knows Step Jam's out, are just two of the fucking dopest fucking southern albums that came out of like the early 2000s. So I don't know where I suddenly start, started being into like southern rap. Yeah. Suddenly I was all about UGK, Pimp C, Bum B, Dude, all about it. That shit had a heyday in the early 2000s, man. Like, yeah, man. Like fucking, uh, we, we played Petey Pablo on the Stavros episode a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, you like, did. I heard that. Uh... And uh, fucking like Ludacris and like Outkast. This was when Outkast yeah. was first blowing up too. Like, yeah, they started, like, yeah. The floodgates opened with Stankonia and everyone just piled in. Like, well, no, what came before Stankonia? Because Rosa Parks kind of blew it open. For that's a while. true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. Oh. And then they I thought it switched to a different song. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, dude. I. I mean. Like, I never really got into this. Like, as the more episodes I do, the more embarrassed I am of, like, my the lack of depth that my hip-hop <laughs> knowledge has from this period. Yeah. Because uh, everyone has one what? song that they really latched onto, and I didn't really. I was like, that's not for me. What's weird is, like, I didn't... I feel like I didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> Like, 
Like, the beat is Lucas the same. Lucas is the shit. It's the same beat every single time, but it's just like, <laughs> he, he just yells, like, man, he is so good at selling the dumbest lines. Like, <laughs> like the, this this song is like, uh, like yo, they make, uh, they make uh, fucking good. Yeah, I'm doing This is a good example again. of what yeah. this song is like. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, fuck you hey, guys! I, hey. I think you're, I think you're still in Andrew Dice Clay if you, mode. If you don't like fucking hoes, then uh, you know, like, whatever. You like go home. This is a, this is a weird older Jewish comic doing ludicrous. Hey, stuff. hey, hey! hey was, I'm at the Catskills. Listen, I was at the, I was at the, I was at the buffet earlier. I was trying to get at those uh, crab legs, and I was like, move. Get out! Get out my way! All I do is win, no matter what. Oh, I went a little Don Pardo. <laughs> All I do is win. <laughs> Kristen Gray, <laughs> featuring Sherry O'Terry. Yeah, that's the SNL era that era that I'm going with. Wait, by the way. Like years and years later, I don't know why I remember this. Ludacris hosted SNL once, and Don Pardo got his name wrong. It was like he said, "Host and musical guest, Luday Chris." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he was like 175 years old. <laughs> Rest in peace, Don Pardo. You are you are a fucking icon. I've been on with you since I had a computer game called Wacky Jacks in the second grade. <laughs> what the fuck was Wacky Jacks? Look it up. It was a, a general trivia game hosted by a clown. Let's move on. <laughs> that sounds less like a game and more like a nightmare. It was, kind of, it was kind of terrifying. He said like, he like, had like he he like yelled at you and like sing he yelled speak. at you no 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 it's like you would miss a question he's like holy like it was, it was like all like like look look that shit up did no one else have this no one else here oh my god yeah it's like I don't know I I just rem I have a very clear I really like, hope I try to look this up later and it doesn't exist yeah yeah you just made this and it's up. like did you mean triumph of the will like, it's like, just redirects to something terrible. Uh, good times, Wacky Jacks. <laughs> but it was it was narrated by like Don Pardo was the announcer in it. Like he uh, featuring Wacky Jacks. Yeah, yeah, and your host, Wacky Jacks. <laughs> no one knows what the fuck I'm saying. Everyone thinks I'm insane. Seriously, look this up. It's real. This is Weezer with that anthem of lonely, pimple-faced idiots everywhere across the yeah. city. Of their 1996 album, Pinkerton, this album peaked at number 19 on the Billboard 200. Allmusic.com gave this album five stars, which is hard to argue with. Arguably the greatest album recorded in all of the 90s. Uh... Allmusic.com said that this, the band's endearing geekiness isn't as cutesy as before. 
It's only their second album. Yeah, I know. It's like it's such a weird thing with this band where it's like it's like there's the first album where they were really like sunny pop rock music, and then there's the second album which is so nakedly confessional, and then there's everything else which who gives a shit? Like the world would be fine without all of that. Like everything green album. Like Island in the Sun is a catchy song, but fuck everything else that they've done since. <laughs> wow, just straight up shitting on Frank and Beans. <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. The one with all the YouTube stars in the video? God I have damn. no idea. That's the first Weezer song that came into mind for some reason. What other Weezer songs are there past Pinkerton? Did someone just yell out Spider for no reason? No, sweater. Sweater. Oh, Sweater. That makes more sense, doesn't it? No, but Sweater... No, these are all Blue Album. I'm talking about After Pinkerton. Uh, after that was, Pinkerton! That was on Pinkerton? Oh, yeah, Half Spider. That was fun. That had a good bass no, line. he already named Island with this up, though. of being a 35-year-old man who sings like he's in high school. Like, like, he's, write, he's writing songs for 14-year-old girls. It's like, uh, like on a, man, I don't want to waste this because I'm at, whatever. I was going to open another episode with this song, but fuck it. On the album Make Believe, he has a track which contains the line, I just can't get no play from the girls. And he's like a married man with two kids. <laughs> It's like, what are you mad about? Like, what are you upset about now? Like, what? Maybe write something about being a 40 year old man with two kids. But then teens will just aged that. five years in between those two sentences. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. But fuck these guys. Just no courage. Just Weezer all together from now on. Yeah. Just fuck them. Yeah. Alright. Um, but I identified with this album probably yeah. harder than I ever have with anything before or since. Honestly, like, I, uh, identify, like, I love this album, but this song was my, uh, first serious girlfriend in high school and my song. Oh, man. This is such a creepy song! <laughs> yeah. I wonder how I, how you touch yourself and curse myself. Which, back then, no idea what that meant. None at all. Touching themselves? Yeah. Dude, no, none. I was uh, I was raised super strict Mormon. Like, I was an innocent teen for a very long time. How did we skip over all that? <laughs> How are we just now getting there? That's crazy. We met, we're on, like, song... We only have two songs left. We're just now getting to I was raised super strict Mormon. You can Mormon. pause the song. It's over. <laughs> all right, let's do this. What? Yeah. <laughs> So my family, uh, my mom brought me over to America when I was four, yeah. and from she, Peru. From Peru. Yeah. Shout out! And uh, <laughs> we got two straight Peruvian guests at the bathtub republic. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jason Nunez. Uh, <laughs> no, but like we came over here, and she was like, oh, "There's no Roman Catholicism church I can find. Like, what am I gonna do?" And then Mormons knocked on our door, and then we convinced her. 
Are you serious? I swear to God. I still remember I was baptized by one of the Mormons that knocked on our door, Elder, Elder Childs. We, because we, we talk, uh, we talked about the, like, Ben Washburn and I talked about this when he was on the podcast, because he did a mission as a, as a, oh, like, shit. as Mormon, and like, and I asked him, like, did you ever, what was your conversion rate? And he's like, we got people all the time. Some people were just like, yeah, like, God, give me at something. One, like, at one point as a teen, I went on, like, a junior missionary trip, and I went with an actual adult missionary door to door. And one one uh, couple let us in and let us read the Book of Mormon with them, and then they went to the church the next week. Like it was like their conversion rate is real. Yeah, that's bonkers, man. But one guy just uh, said he worshipped Satan and kicked us out of his room. Uh, Those are the only two like people I remember: the people that let us in and the guy that was like, "I love you, Satan." <laughs> He was probably, I'll bet he went on Twitter right after, well, they didn't have Twitter back then, but he went on whatever Twitter was, he like just uh, wrote it on a piece he of paper. He went on email. Folded it into an airplane and then threw it into the into the, the, the uh, middle distance. Yeah. No, That's but about yeah. 20 yards away, just hit the ground and then stayed there. But he's like, you won't believe this crazy <laughs> prank, I just pulled on some Mormons, that's what they get. And for then it. some kid found it and just high-fived the air. Just like, yeah, you did it. Good job, buddy. But no, yeah, well, I was uh, I was Mormon till like 16. I was uh, ordained a priest, then I left. Also, yeah, well, also, yeah, by the way, priest reached... doesn't mean that much in Mormon. It's just like, you're 16. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So it's like a bar mitzvah. It's like if a bar mitzvah meant, you're a rabbi now. Like, the, only, the only special power I have is if in need of a dire emergency, like the apocalypse. In need can, of a dire emergency. If I can baptize you. I'm holding out for a park, lips till the end of the night. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll be good. I mean, no, I'm probably not going to do it. If you ask me to baptize you, I'm going to be like, no, pick a different one. But what, is is that, what does that ritual look like in the Mormon church? Is it the same thing? Uh, no, we dip you in water. Okay. And then, uh, so far, so good. A bunch of different Mormons put their hands on your head and are like, you're Mormon now. Don't care for that much. And that's it. That's the ritual. <laughs> I don't like being touched by people. Well, it's like five people that have to touch your head. Fuck that. That's one a whole basketball team. <laughs> well, not including the bench. Well, you know, I like to. I like to. This is a basketball team that's gotten real thin. Uh, injuries. Are, this is the. This Oklahoma, is why the Jazz sucks. This is the Oklahoma City Thunder at the beginning of this season. You know what I'm talking about? Ahmed does. No one else does. That's fine. Welcome to Sports References, the podcast. Welcome to Sports Reference Town. <laughs> but no, yeah, that was me and my girlfriend's uh, song, and we dated for like five years off and on. From when to when? From like uh, my sophomore year to five years after that, whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> um, was was she a uh, Mormon too, or was no? She, she uh, was the worst. Regular. <laughs> <laughs> like we we dated. I like that. That's the dichotomy. <laughs> was she was Mormon, she Mormon or, or was she the or worst? Or was she the worst? <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite game show. It's hosted by Man Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Mormon or the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, uh, I don't know what I know. You're like, I don't know what's happening, but look how good his teeth are. But no, yeah, like, <laughs> like really here's here's how bad here's how bad she was. Uh, she cheated on me on uh, that already got a gas. <laughs> it gets worse. She cheated on me on her anniversary, which was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> With the emo band, The Anniversary. <laughs> she fucks every member of The Anniversary. And you're, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, three people clapping. Yes, yes. 
derailing the fuck out of Ahmed Sand's story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad now. I mean, probably. Which is funny, because that, that happened, and then a year later, I watched the movie Eurotrip. Has uh-huh. anyone seen that movie? Yeah. yeah. There's like a, a big joke in that movie is like a guy that gets cheated on and then the guy that uh, is fucking his girlfriend writes a song about it. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. Scotty doesn't know. And then I got I got sung that song a bit after that. <laughs> by my friends. Oh, this seems like good. Is this still the C team? This is still this. And no wonder they couldn't make B. B is for people. <laughs> Uh, who support their teammates and tear them down in their time of need. <laughs> that's just, that's, uh, that's just, that's basically high school friendship, at least for, like, a bunch of sarcastic weird kids. Just, like, instead of emotions, let's make fun of you. And I was like, yay, I'm on this bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, people are looking at me. <laughs> but no, yeah, she was the worst. But that song is great. I forgot what song it was. Oh, yeah, Weezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we went down a rabbit hole there. Like, well, you oh. can't just drop Ike was raised Mormon. Like, <laughs> she also punched the like an hour uh, into the podcast. We went to prom together, and we went. Uh, she lived in the townhouse, and her mom was upstairs, and she lived in the basement. So we went down to her basement door, and she accidentally locked it. So while she was trying to, fr- somehow she was trying to like jiggle the door open, and since that didn't work. For some reason, she got really mad and punched through the glass in her door and, like, cut up her hands. And then I knew I wasn't getting laid on problem because she had to go to the hospital. You got cheated on by (laughs) She-Hulk. I did. No, and it's funny because she she got her hand cut up, and so she was like, we can't do anything. I have to wake up my mom and go to the hospital to get stitched up. You didn't try to save it? You didn't go, no, this is the only thing I'm into. (laughs) I'm into blood hands. I like girls with bloody hands. I like... I have a stigmata fetish. <laughs> but no, she went upstairs to wake up her mom, and her mom was like, I can't believe Ahmed just left you by yourself to try to sneak into your own house. When meanwhile, it's just like, I have to go home because I tried to sneak into your house to fuck your daughter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He left you alone to try to, well, it couldn't, yeah, she could knock on the door. Like, <laughs> and then, but, um, we were teens. <laughs> Most of us have been. <laughs> All right, we got two songs left here. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> wow. That was People amazing. People love my rap selection. Ah. This is Big Punisher featuring Joe. Just Joe. With Still Not a Player. Uh, this is off his 1998 album, Capital Punishment. Uh, this song peaked at number 85 on the Billboard Hot 100. This album, Capital Punishment, which is his debut, received four stars from AllMusic.com, who said that he is one of the stronger New York natives working hardcore territory toward the end of the 90s. A lot of qualifiers. Like, <laughs> one of the best hat-wearing Los Angeles rappers who uh, recorded his album on a Saturday. (laughs) Stupid. Uh, But I love this beat. I am not familiar with this song at all. What? What? Big Pun was such a big deal around I told you, this is a recurring theme of this podcast, is me getting embarrassed for knowing nothing about hip-hop music. (laughs) 
Uh, no, man. Like, the big thing for me for this song, like, this song is fucking so dope. I fucking love this song. But the big thing for me was that he was, like, a Hispanic rapper. And as a Hispanic guy who at one point tried to rap, because, of course, why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're just talking, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like I felt about Big Pun the way Spanish people today felt about uh, Judge Sotomayor. Just like, oh, wow, that can be us. <laughs> Yeah, Big Pun is a wise Latino. Yeah, and then he died. He did? Yeah, the saddest thing about Big Pun. I do the worst research on this show. No, he, the saddest thing about Surely Big Pun. Surely that should have come up. He died, but like right before he died, he released a single called It's So Hard, and part of the song was him saying, I just lost 100 pounds, I'm trying to live, I can do it. And then he died of a fat-induced heart attack. And people said God doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, God. And people say God doesn't hate rap music. <laughs> Listen, it's Wait, an abomination. I don't know, probably some people, presumably. Uh, Tupac is like, only God can judge me. And God's like, okay. And, and like, now you're not alive anymore. <laughs> Big Pun. Unless he is still alive, I don't know, I'm open to that too. Big Pun was such a Hispanic hero of mine that in Spanish class we had to do a project on a Hispanic person. And me and my friend Cameron, real name, uh, <laughs> teamed up to do a piece on Big Pun. And uh, I found his first rap he ever did and like did it for the class. <laughs> And then, uh, and what then, year was this? What grade? Uh, this was 11th grade. Okay. And then, uh, at the end of all Spanish project uh, presentations, they had to be uh, questions from the class. And as soon as we finished our big pun presentation, someone raised their hands and were like, "Doesn't big pun rape people?" And I was like, "What? what? Wait, wait, hang on a second. What?" I was like, "I didn't, I didn't encounter that in my research, but uh, no." Was he dead yet when you said that? When you no. Did this okay. No. But it was like the weird, and like class went silent for like five minutes. Just like, what? how is he going to answer this question? And me and Cameron were just like. Yeah, that's a difficult heckle to he overcome. <laughs> My hero's big pun. He's a rapist. Uh. <laughs> that's why you wish you could just throw a smoke bomb like Jafar from Aladdin. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Or a less specific reference. <laughs> we also got an F for the project, and I'm pretty sure the question was why. <laughs> oh, Jesus, they torpedoed. Well, they helped themselves out if it was on a curve. Yeah. I did a... Wow. Uh, so you... What, what was the rest of... How did you recover from that? Because that seems like it's early in the presentation that that happened. Oh, no. The, our main presentation of the life and times of Big Punisher was over. <laughs> that was it? And then the question and answer question with the class, first question and only question, turned out, was that question. Doesn't he rape people? Yeah. <laughs> is that, like, a thing that's out there? Like, is he... I mean, as far as I know, he doesn't. So they just said that. Yeah, just out of nowhere. I, and this was like before the internet was like expansive and like full of rumors. I'll bet you. So. <laughs> I'll bet you anything that whoever asked that question was uh, one of them uh, uh, junior CIA members. They were just planning misinformation. 
Big Pun was getting too close to the truth, and they had to tear him down <laughs> one high died. school at a time. <laughs> one high school presentation at a time. Yeah, they, they just found out that it was the new kid who just showed up then and <laughs> never and had a five o'clock shadow. It was weird. <laughs> Listen, I don't trust the government, and neither should any of you. Look at what happened to Big Pun. <laughs> He said he was going to be fine, and the CIA was like, nope. <laughs> George, George Bush Sr. George, uh, he, Hated Big Pun. He got in touch with his people, and he's like, uh, I, you know, whatever he sounds like. <laughs> That's a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> we saved the best for last. I never thought I'd die alone. This is Blink-182 with Adam's song. This is off their 1999 album, Enema of the State. This album peaked at number nine on the Billboard 200. It received four stars from allmusic.com, who said of it, it isn't going to change anyone's life. So this song, uh, disagree. <laughs> We'll get to it. <laughs> Everyone, okay, this is such a general, like, if you're from our generation, you know this fucking song. I remember listening to this on my disc, man, on my way to cross-country meets. Shout out to disc, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, doesn't age that well. No. This song is mostly notable for such innovations as rhyming hall with fault. <laughs> to all my friends, and never set foot in my room again. We'll close it off, board it up. Remember the time that I spilled the cup. You're a professional songwriter. You're a professional songwriter. You just rhymed up with cup, you motherfucker. If this is if this song is about a real person who killed himself, he's gonna haunt you the rest of your days, Mark Hoppus. Wait, wait, wait. Really, you rhymed up with cup? Does the guy in the song kill himself or does he not? I'm pretty sure he does. I don't know. Audience poll. It was his brother. It was his brother that killed him? What a weird song to sing right before your brother killed him. I, I, I read the Wikipedia article. Apparently Mark Hoppus wrote this song because he was the only one in the band who didn't have a girlfriend and they were all on tour. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, they get home and they get to see their girls are coming, but it's just, uh, I'm just alone. And I'm just like, I just got a coast on being a not very good bass player and a decent singer. And uh, uh, that's all you need. So he wrote a song about uh, 
Yeah. Spilling so apple juice and then killing yourself. <laughs> man, teens have it hard. Oh, man, it's a hard knock life for us. The, the most, for me, the most embarrassing thing about this song is like, I was like a depressed teen, like fucking everyone. And uh, I was like, uh. <laughs> this is like Jungle Land by Springsteen, man. This is the only time I wish this was a video podcast so everyone could see how much you love this song. <laughs> and no, like, I was like a depressed. I was like a depressed, suicidal teen, so whenever like I felt like I was getting too far off the deep end, I would listen to this song, because for some reason, the fact that he killed himself And then you were like, yeah, I'm definitely doing it. Yeah. yeah like, I'm going for it. No, it the fact like that fun. he killed himself made me feel like I didn't want to kill myself, because the lyric um, uh, about his mom, and I was like, yeah, if I kill myself, my mom's probably gonna... She's gonna feel really bad. Yeah, yeah she's that's... Gonna, she's probably gonna die, too. Like, my older brother, like was the same and he always like acted out yeah did like suicidal shit so i'd be like all right i'm not gonna do that because of this song and then a friend of mine once came up to me and he was like what do you listen to and i was like for some reason i just explained everything it's like i'm listening to that song i'm depressed i feel like killing myself so right. i'm listening to the song yeah yeah and then he said oh does it make you feel better because he doesn't kill yourself or because he doesn't kill himself what? i was like no, it made me feel better because he does kill me. Yeah, because this guy sounds boring as fuck, am I right? You guys, we're in a better world without Adam. It's not a real person. Mark Hoppus wrote this song about being sad on the road. Who gives a fuck? Fuck that fitch- fictional bitch. I mean, to be fair, Adam, it sounds like Adam's biggest problems was one time he spilled a cup of apple juice and his mom was Yeah, like, that's like the one concrete issue that he... Yeah. Like, he's Everything like, else was just like, sometimes I'm in my room alone. <laughs> there are times where people aren't around and I just don't know what to do. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I le, le, this song, like that's one of those songs that just uh, it when you're when you're a teenager, it, it really resonates it means with so you so much. Yeah, and then you grow up like not that much, like a couple years, and it's like this is retarded. <laughs> I'm sorry to drop a hard R word on you, but I've already offended every other group, so like let's just do it. Let's just roll with it. But listen, kids, uh, if you are thinking about kill your, killing yourself, don't do it. <laughs> Let's try that one more time just to sync it up properly. Listen, kids, if you're thinking about killing yourself, there are a lot of people who care about you. Don't don't, do, don't do that shit. Don't do it. <laughs> that was the NBC The More You Know music. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're depressed, I feel good about this. I think we have up? we uh, <laughs> we like. I, I mean, I'm gonna blame you. You baited me into shitting on every group of people <laughs> that exists in the world. How did I bait you into name them? Okay, <laughs> well, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, I'm Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, that was you. I, I almost said R.I.P., but he's was. not dead. <laughs> no, he's not. That's amazing, isn't it? I think his, I think his last credit... Seems like he ought to be, doesn't it? I feel like his last credit on IMDb is an episode of Will and Grace. I saw him on uh, I saw him on Letterman like like five years ago or something like that, and he just showed up like dressed like... You know, if any of you have ever had a grandparent put in a home, he dressed the way that your grandparent dresses, like when they're in the. And, but he was on Letterman. He's just like wearing like a 
like a pale blue sweatsuit, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just old, old <laughs> classic <laughs> celebrities showing up to talk shows is always the saddest moment. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, it's Gene Wilde. It's like he's he's old, but he's kind of out the game now, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a like I'm a fucking legend, and here I am in my fucking powder blue sweatsuit. And his movie inspired the producers, which is a great musical, and y'all should listen to it. <laughs> Better movie. Ladies and gentlemen, disagree. Disagree. All right, come on. Give it up for Ahmed by <laughs> Ahmed, where can people find you? Where can they see you? Uh, people can find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a Twitter account, but I don't tweet. But if you want to follow someone that retweets uh, animal drums a lot, there you go. Uh, follow Blahmed, B L A H M E D. And uh, I run a show called Don't Block the Box. It is, uh, no joke, uh, Ahmed runs the best monthly showcase in D.C. The best the best regular showcase in D.C. and the longest running one as well. It's, a, it's called Don't Block the Box. It's at Wonderland Ballroom. The last Friday of last every Friday month. Last Friday of every month. And then it's fucking fantastic. It's like, the next, yeah, what the is next, it, $3? It's $3 to get in. The next one's February 27th. Again, the headliner is Chelsea Short. She's here right now. And uh, in April, we're going to have headliner Mr. David Twighty. Sure. I heard that guy's pretty good. I don't like him, but... Not many people do, but you got to recognize his ability. Uh, he's like, he's like heel turn rock. Don't jump ship. It doesn't matter who your headliner is in April. You can find other episodes of the podcast as well as future recording dates online at davidtwitey.com slash sadness hyphen town or on iTunes at sadness town. Uh, stand updates at davidtwitey.com. Follow me on Twitter at twite privilege. Thank you guys so much for listening, and remember, nothing is going to be okay. Oh, my God.